here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Uh, the teams are in. We'll go through the fallout from the Dangerfield decision. And we'll get you up to speed on everything you might have missed throughout the course of the day. And, of course, time on is your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And there's an injured Roo that we'll update you on as well. Uh, hello and welcome to Time On. Sam Hargroves with you at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The number your say on the news of the day. Phone lines always open if you've been working all through the course of the day and you've been listening to SEN and you're thinking, I just need to have my two cents worth, my two bobs worth, uh, whatever line you want to use. It's time for you to give me a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Teams are in for tomorrow night. Carlton uh, and Collingwood clash. MCG. Uh, 75% capacity, so hopefully a, uh, a very big crowd uh, will be in attendance, as big as we can possibly get it to be. Uh, Jack Martin, Zach Williams in for Carlton. Those are some big inclusions. Jack Silvani out with that shoulder injury. Lockie O'Brien, uh, Benigo Pioneer, former, uh, omitted. Steel side bottom Callum Brown come in for the Pies. Ollie Henry after playing... Uh, his first career game uh, and Trey Rusco have both been omitted. Subs will come from either Oscar McDonald, Eddie Betts, Lockie O'Brien or Matt Kennedy. And for the Pies, either Trey Rusco, Darcy Cameron, Ollie Henry or Nathan Murphy. Uh, speaking of uh, Eddie Betts, um, Coach David Teague was uh, asked about Eddie Betts today at a, a, at a press conference and uh, gave his uh, view on Eddie's spot in Carlton's Best 22. He's in the squad, so we'll have a look. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a chance. Uh, he'll be in our 26 name. Uh, I think he's in our best 22 if he, he's fit. He, he's unfortunately he missed a fair chunk. Yep. So right now it's that that balancing act, and some guys got in there and played their role. And um, so you got to work out what, when do you go to your best 22, or when do you get him into the stage where he's he's playing his best footy to come in and, and reward the guys that are playing their role ahead of him. I thought Lockie Fogarty, Murph, uh, Fisher. Michael Gibbons came in last week. Those guys have been playing well down there. So we've got some great competition for spots at the moment. Matt Owies is another guy who's a, a small forward who's playing really well at the moment. And yeah, it's a good, good challenge for us coaches. We, we debate, debate these sort of things for a while and, and, and hope it continues. Uh, David Teague, Carlton coach, speaking today about Eddie Betts. So aiming towards round three. Uh, and this might be another reason why Eddie hasn't been picked to play. Uh, David Teague became the second coach this week to uh, basically poo-poo the new rules that are in place, the anti-density rules that the VFL are implementing this year after Luke Beveridge said that uh, Jamari Eaglehagen, despite kicking five goals in the VFL last week, just didn't get the Ks in the legs that they needed. Uh, they need to have three players inside Ford 50 and one of those needs to be inside the goal square for every single stoppage this year under that rule trial. This is what David Teague had to say. Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I watched the game the other day and I didn't enjoy it. Them stopping the game all the time. It's it's a different game at the moment. And I understand that the VFL at times is there to, to trial things, but it's very hard... Will this rule be the difference? Because you've just changed the garden of mark. You change four things. You don't know which ones are the, the one. So um, I think hopefully some common sense will come into play and they might get rid of that for a while while there's already been so many change and then added another stage. 
So the second coach this week to say that this really wasn't helping them in any way, shape or form uh, at an AFL senior level. And I know the VFL is a league unto itself, but it's also to the reserve competition for sides that have a reserves team in it. So it's, um, it's to me, too far apart in terms of the, the rules that they're trying to implement there, the rules that we're trying to implement the AFL, uh, especially in a year where we're going to have less rotations, uh, 30 minutes more game time this year than last year. Uh, we're trying to actively fatigue players and then you're going to have players who just won't have enough Ks in their legs. And that's the second coach to have said that this year. Surely the AFL now steps in and says, this is just a bridge too far. There's just too much disparity between the rules we're implementing here and the rules we're implementing there. It's supposed to still be a feeder competition. It's supposed to still be where you take players from your list and give them game time if they're not making the first 22. So if you get injuries to your senior side, if you've got people out of form, you need to be able to bring people in that are ready and raring to go. And that's where they're going to get their match fitness. They're not going to get it by the sounds of it. Second coach this week to say that it's just not right and just not working for them with those kind of players. Now, it might be okay for midfielders, but it certainly seems like it's not going to be okay for defenders and key forwards. So that's got to be looked at, surely. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number. Um, wishing all the best. Uh, wishing Robbie Tarrant all the best. Um, successful surgery to remove a small mass on his kidney on Tuesday afternoon. So uh, he's likely to return to play in the second half of the season, but uh, he's told North Melbourne media that it's something he's been aware of and he elected to address it now rather than wait till the end of the season to have it removed. So uh, it is serious and we're glad that uh, he got through the surgery unscathed and we're wishing him a speedy recovery. He said, I'm truly grateful to my family and the club for their support and I love their and the love they've shown. I'd also like to thank the medical staff and the specialists for the care and guidance they've provided me. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into my rehab program and can't wait to get back out there with the boys later in the season. Uh, GM of footy, Brady Rawlings, has said the club is going to allow Tarrant the time he needs to recover and that they fully support Robbie in his decision to have the procedure. Uh, the focus solely now is on his health and well-being. He's uh, an integral part of the club and they can't wait to get back into the side. Uh, in more positive news for the Roos today, although there is positives to take out of that, that they did catch that and um, he's had that small mass removed and hopefully that's uh, all clear and, and all good from here on out for Robbie Tarrant. Nick Larkey, uh, their key forward, has signed on for another three years. So that's a, a big tick and a big win for them. They're putting a lot of faith in Nick Larkey, North Melbourne. They decided not to take Logan McDonald who kicked three goals on debut for Sydney. They took young Will Phillips, who by all reports is a, an, an absolute star in the making himself. He'll be a, a brilliant footballer, should play over 200 games from all their reporting. He's got leadership uh, coming out the you-know-what, and uh, he ticks many, many boxes. Um, but key forwards and good ones, they're often hard to find. and um, So there's a lot at stake on the success of Nick Larkey from a North Melbourne point of view, uh, but he has re-signed for three years, and uh, that is a good news story for North Melbourne. Uh, not so for Melbourne's James Harms. He's going to miss the next six weeks um, after he's had surgery on a broken wrist. He suffered that during the D's round one win over Fremantle, and of course, uh, on a day where we've been dealing with the fallout of Paddy Dangerfield, and I'll get to his audio very shortly, um, the other big tribunal story last night after Paddy Dangerfield uh, failed to have the severity uh, or the impact rating of uh, his hit on Jake Kelly downgraded from severe to high. Three weeks suspension for Patrick Dangerfield. He'll be back in round five. Um, Kiara Bowers, who's most experts tip for AFLW League Best and Fairest, she successfully challenged uh, her ban at the tribunal and uh, was able to get a downgrade 
uh, in that finding. So uh, just a, another fine for her and uh, able to play this weekend in a must uh, in a a game that will could put them in a second spot on the ladder against North Melbourne. And for North Melbourne, they need to win it to, to be able to get back into that top six. So there's ramifications there. Uh, and that's had people talking today. I've got to say, I was a little surprised, but they presented the case that uh, Eden Zanka contributed to the movement forward herself and, and as trying to break through the tackle. And uh, therefore, it wasn't solely on Kiara Bowers and, and they were successful uh, in mounting that case. Um in a basketball story today, you might not know this, but uh, former Brisbane Bullet Will Magne, uh, who took a two-way contract with the New Orleans Pelicans, he actually debuted today in the NBA uh, with about three minutes left. He got on the court uh, in the New Orleans uh, Pelicans win over the LA Lakers. He uh, pulled up for three, wasn't successful, but uh, hey, it's another Australian who has played a game in the NBL. So uh, in the NBA after coming from the NBL. Uh, it's a fantastic story today, and well done to Will Magne. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the news of the day. Uh, Tim's in Doreen. G'day, Tim. Oh, g'day. How are you going? I'm well, thanks. Yeah, good. I just wanted to give you a call because I have been trying, trying to get my head around this thing with the Swans, where they want to get an exemption to pay their coaches more. And the reason why I was surprised is because I read at the end of last year that they had reported a six million dollar financial loss last year, and I would have thought a club that's um, lost that much money last year would be tightening the belt. And we know they spend a lot of money on their academy, which is clearly paying dividends and getting them access to, to top-line talent. Now they want to pay more for their coaches. I feel like something doesn't add up here. If, you, if, you, if you're running at a $6 million loss, surely you've got to make some tough decisions, cut corners. I know Victorian clubs have to sell home games when they're um, running at a loss and they're living on AFL funds. So what's going on with Sydney? I, I can't work that one out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not fully across this story, but I, I, the, the $6 million that they lost is a direct result from not being able to play home games. They've explained that loss. That's a COVID hit. So I would agree with you in any other year, if they were in a regular season when everything's up and running and we're going on all cylinders, Tim, I'd say, yeah, if you're losing $6 million, I think you've got bigger issues uh, than uh, whether or not you can pay your assistant coaches a bit more. But uh, I think you, you just put the asterisks on that and say, well... Most clubs experienced a loss from COVID, so um, that that doesn't phase me in 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 that regard. But it is interesting. I mean, assistant coaches aren't on what the players are on. I mean, maybe some of the lower paid players and the rookies, um, but assistant coaches, from what I understand, don't aren't on the the big contracts that the players are obviously or the head coach. So, and I would only just hazard a guess. I spent a year living in Surrey Hills, which is across the road from Moore Park, where Sydney train. I rented a room out there, and it, uh, I, the money I spent on rent there, I probably could have bought a house uh, back down in <laughs> Bendigo, where I'm from. So it is a very, very expensive place to live, Sydney, um, especially if you are trying to live close to where you work. And, and that area where they work and, and train is some of the most expensive real estate in, the, in Australia. So it's not a cheap area. To live, I'd have to read it a little bit more thoroughly to go through everything that, that Andrew Prudham has put on the table as to why they should get that cost of living back. But um, my first impression is it doesn't really phase me. Um, but I'd have to read more into it. So I won't insult you, Tim, with giving you a half-assed answer, which it probably sounds like I already have. But given no, I haven't read through it fully, what what concerns you about it? Well, as I said, I just feel like when Victorian clubs are, are struggling financially, they, they have to sell home games. 
interstate. Like, you know, for example, with the Saints, and I know the China game's off at the moment because of COVID, but they were sort of basically told, you know, you've got to play a game, home game in China against Port Adelaide. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, if the, Saints, if the Swans are running at a loss, surely they should be saying, look, we, we need to tighten the belt and not, and not be paying more for our coaches. That's, that's all. I, mm. I just didn't think that seemed, seemed reasonable. But you make a very good case. I, I've never lived in Sydney, and obviously, it, you know, it is obviously very expensive, and, and maybe their coaches have been leaving, and that's the issue. But I don't know. I just, I just sort of thought, oh, it, it didn't seem fair to me if, if, um, if some of the other Victorian clubs are, are having to cut costs. But put it, put no, no, I thought you made a pretty good case. Uh, Tim, putting that aside, given that, and I'm just having a read through it now as we speak. So Andrew Pridham, they're making the point that, um, and he's quite, uh, we've completely lost a number of coaches. Uh, he said he also advocates for a boosted allowance under salary cap for players, in effect, uh, a revised housing-specific version of the cost of living. So this is a bit different than the first cost of living. They're saying that they want this to be uh, basically a, a housing allowance, not, not, not a full cost of living allowance, um, mm. saying that they and the Giants um, have found themselves under pressure to retain staff under the greatly reduced soft cap on football spending. So putting aside their financial situation from last year, which, again, from what they've said, by and large is down to not getting home games last year or the, the, the yep. amount of home games they weren't able to play, what, what, can, what would concern you about... For, and I would, I would read this as for football department staff only, so soft cap, so your assistant coaches and your, your, your medical team and uh, everyone that comes under your, your soft cap in the, in the footy department. Would you have an issue if they were able to pay a little bit more only towards the housing is what I'm reading here. But again, I haven't read the full article. I've just stopped at this paragraph and it is specific to just their, their housing situation and the cost of that. Yeah. Well, look, I think you make a very good case. And if it's based on that, it's just coaches. I think it's pretty hard to argue with. If it extended to players, though, I would say that Sydney has always been a destination place, really. I mean, it's, they've never had trouble retaining players, per se. Um, in fact, they attract, you know, all the way back to Plugger and so forth, you know, Buddy Franklin. So, mm, but they haven't to pay. They haven't to pay for that. They haven't to pay a lot for those players, you know. Yes, true. Plugger, yeah. Barry Hall, and uh, I, I don't look. I don't know if you know this, but I think Buddy's on it just a fair bit. <laughs> Rumours have me believing that he's on a, a just a, a fairly yeah. decent wicket. Yeah. Uh, Tim, thank you for the call, Good mate. You, mate. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. At one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the cost uh, on the news of the day. Lindsay's in Somerville. Hello, Lindsay. Hey, Sam. How are you, mate? Look, um, this one's caller thing really triggers me because I believe they distorted the narrative when they lost the caller that the blind facts were that they won the Premiership 2012 and over the next two years they signed up two players on $2 million a year. Now, you tell me how a Premiership team can add $2, uh, $2 million sorry, to their salary cap. So clearly they used caller money to do that. Also... I rang up um, William Pickering one day and I asked him if Buddy got paid cola. He said, no, no, Buddy never got paid cola. So the Swans, they just weren't telling the truth. They didn't play all their players cola. They did use it as a war chest, and yet the narrative was four Swans, you know, they were mistreated, they were restricting that. But how the hell would you spend $2 million on two players after you won a flag? if you're not misusing that money. I don't think they were paying Buddy because at a million dollars a year, I think he can find somewhere half decent to live. Um, I don't think it was that they weren't paying all the other, like several other players, though, especially the players lower down on the list. But this, this Lindsay, is, is about moving forward, not the players, but, but their football department. So assistant coaches and 
uh, the footy department. So all the people that come under the soft cap, so, you know, physios and uh, the people within that department and just trying to help them just with the, the housing costs because in any – different numbers will tell you different things, but Andrew Pridham's quoting about a 30% higher uh, cost of housing than anywhere else in Australia in this article in The Age. So when when you look at it like that and you and you keep the past out of it, would you have an issue – with them being able to pay a little bit more for assistant coaches and, and footy department staff, given oh, that it, look, given no, that they're but, saying it costs thirty percent more to live there. No, but it's the thin end, end of the wedge. I mean, then he's looking for more money for players. Now, but this isn't going to go to the players. No, but re, you read it on. He, the next thing is, is that he wants the player living allowance looked at as well. I mean, he did no. I think the, from what I'm reading of the article here, he, they're, they're just pointing out that he's an advocate of it coming back. But this seems to me just about the soft cap. I think it's a thin end of the wedge. And look, mate, with that academy they've got up there, they've got a lot of advantages that nobody else has got. Yeah, I don't they've agree. When you say no one else has got it, explain that to me because we were chatting about this last night. So they've got an academy. The Brisbane Lions have an academy. The Suns have an academy and so do the Giants. And then a a heap of Victorian clubs have next generation academies. So the Swans go and find the talent that's in the New South Wales area, in rugby league heartland areas. They develop them, they train them up. And then if other teams want to come and get them, they can bid on them at the draft. Yeah, but they're not going to get the good ones, mate. And the fact is that their target, well, just have a look at it. They've got six players now in their starting lineup that they've got from the academy at heavily discounted prices. Now, the, the dogs might have fluked one, but in Victoria, you, you have to be you know, born overseas or be you know, Indigenous to be able to go into the academy. Yeah, those and are the next-gen academies. But are you saying that there's not pathways in Victoria? I mean, there we're seeing it. There's VFL, there's the, the NAB League. 60% of the kids still drafted, Lindsay, are from Victoria. Yeah, but the Swans have got access to them as well. Yeah, <laughs> and but the Victorian them. clubs have access to their academy. Like Marby or Charles Brisbane Lions Academy. There's there's several Brisbane Lions Academy players playing around the place. And and if it was if there was like a hundred of them, or even fifty of them, I'd go, yeah, this is a bit alarming. But it's 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 still just a handful of players. You know, Brisbane's got a handful of their own academy kids. The Swans have got a handful of those, and other clubs can bid on them at the draft. Yeah, I understand, Sam, but the Swans, when you put it this way, a third of their team is um, academy players. A third of their whole list? No, no, no. A third of their starting lineup on the weekend of the 18. But isn't that a win? I see that as a success. I see that as a positive. These are New South Wales kids playing in a Sydney in a Sydney team. Therefore, the allure to go home isn't there. That they don't have to worry about the go home factor that a lot of these clubs have had to put up with in the past. I understand that. Because the other argument is people saying, oh, they're stealing our kids from Victoria and they're going away from home. And Well, they did, they did in the case of Nick Blakey, didn't they? He was a Victorian kid. And um, anyway, look, the thing is that, of course, it's good that New South Wales bought football, but the problem is for teams like, and I'm a Brisbane supporter, so I'm talking against myself a little bit, but for someone like North Melbourne to get a draft, a top draft pick, they have to pay plenty. They either have to finish on the bottom or they've got to pay plenty. The Swans have been able to march in Mills, Blakey, Isaac Heaney. They don't march them in, though, Lindsay. They develop them themselves. <laughs> they, 
They train them up. Yeah. They identify them. We just heard, and mate, I, I do. We we have a commitment that I have to get to, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I do have to get to it. They don't steal them from anywhere. They don't take them from anywhere else. They 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 identify them and find. Er, Errol Goulden said yesterday, if it wasn't for the Swans Academy, he wouldn't be playing footy. He would not be playing footy. The, the, no one's Victorian teams aren't being disadvantaged by academies. I'm sorry. I, there's nothing. There's no evidence to say that they are. But. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your sale the news of the day. We do it all for all day socks by Underworks. Pass every comfort test. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The temper text machine. T e m p u r. Temper is a mattress like no other. Uh, this one just off the text, uh, which I was did sort of make me chuckle a little bit. You are so over opinionated. Let your callers have an opinion without you talking over them. Wayne in Rosebud, beautiful part of the world. Rosebud, my old man grew up there. Uh, Wayne, I did have to get to AJ from Winners Bet, but uh, if you are referring to uh, Lindsay, uh, we were on for about three or four minutes uh, there, so I, I had to get to AJ, uh, and part of this job is having opinions that then hopefully uh, gets you to ring up and have your opinion. So if you'd like to ring and share your opinion, I'd love to hear it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Jim's in Molly Mook. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm really well, Going thanks. Well? Sydney Academy. Yeah, look, um, I'm new to this station. I'm only three weeks old now. I've discovered it, and now footy's back on. We're wrapped um, to have you on board. Just on a call, especially the the, the fellow that just rang in from Somerville, who wants to know why the Swans or how the Swans were able to spend two million in 2013. Maybe he needs to take in consideration that Jude Bolton, Ryan O'Keefe, Shane Mumford, Mitch Morton, Marty Matner, and Lewis Robert Thompson all left in 2013 or retired at the end of 2012. Yeah, and uh, I think the other thing too is... You've got to look at that. Yeah, absolutely you do. And didn't uh, and there was pay cuts as well that some players took, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, Fit and Lance Franklin, Franklin for a million dollars. Well, I think Lewis Roberts Thompson and Jude Bolton may have covered him off. So it left us a little bit in the tank after <laughs> Rhino Keith and Mumford left. So... You know, you've got to, you, if you're going to call, I think you've got to make sure you've got your facts right. Uh, Jim, I really appreciate it. We're wrapped to have you listening to SEN. Enjoy. Call up any time. You've got the number now, 1300 736 736, mate. Enjoy. Yeah, love the show. Thanks, bud. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, Guru here, Swan supporter here, asking, what about Tom Mitchell, Dan Hanabry, Gary Rowan, Lewis Jetta, all leaving Sydney to return home interstate? Uh Ross is in East Malvern, uh, wants to talk Collingwood-Carlton. Grant, uh, Mark and Greg, we will get to you in just a moment. Ross, Collingwood-Carlton. Yeah, Sam, good to talk. Um, yeah, I'm a Pies fan. Uh, just wanted your thoughts. I did hear you call out the sides before. Um, what are your thoughts on... I'm, I'm a Pies fan myself, and I just cannot fathom the idea that Brody Grundy continues to rough on his own when clearly it's been a real struggle in the last a year, year and a half for him to ruck uh, on his own for the whole game and he just gets jumped into by the opposition ruckman. And I think coming up against um, Pitnett from Carlton, who's a, who's a bit taller than Grundy as well, I think it's just going to be a real, real struggle for that whole night for him. Um, so I'm not really sure there. And second of all, I don't really get the point of debuting blokes in round one, even though they don't have so much of a kid like Lowell Henry or play, play the third or fourth game like Trey Roscoe, why you drop them the next week after you pick them. Now, I, don't, I just find it a bit... I just find Collingwood's selection 
at the moment to be a little bit of a head scratcher. And I, I, I would have thought a guy like Darcy Cameron probably would have come into the side, and I would have thought maybe some, um, you know, with a bit of pace as well. But yeah, I. I'm, I'm really complex as to, to where Collingwood are going at the moment. Uh, really appreciate your call, Ross, and, and I think that you'd be echoing the sentiments of a few frustrated Pies fans at the moment. Getting the second ruck option has been one that they've been continuing to toy with. Um, I, I'm not opposed to Mason Cox continuing to have a go in that area. They didn't probably use him as much as maybe they could have there, and Bulldogs certainly got the scout right, didn't they? I mean, getting Steph Martin in and, and using him to do the bulk of the heavy lifting and then Tim English pinch hitting in the ruck when he could. Um, Brody Grundy admitted that last year he didn't find, he wasn't just did not adapt to the hub life way of things very well at all. And, uh, and I think that was true for a lot of players. So I think now it's, it's a new year and he's had a tough round one, but he is a star and you'd be looking for him to bounce back in a, in a big way this weekend. And, and the job's a little easier, uh, no disrespect to, to Carlton, but it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be as it was on the weekend. Um, I'm with you. I, I'm a big believer if you're going to pick players in round one, Collingwood's problems weren't solely at the feet of Trey Rusco and, uh, and Ollie Henry. I mean, I know that Ollie Henry was played before and they only took four, five marks inside Ford 50, I think the lowest ever, uh, but he's not the reason why they didn't kick a winning score and neither is Trey Rusco. So I'm a bit with you. I think if you're going to bring young players in, especially at round one, give them a little little run at it. But then again, you and I aren't coaching the Collingwood footy side, Ross. So, uh, but I do tend to agree with you. If they're good enough to play around one, then maybe it's a couple of weeks that they need to get a, a taste for it just to see if they've got it or not. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think uh, if you try and give your players a bit of a crack, uh, especially in round one, yeah, I would have thought you would give them a good run at it. But yeah, I think Collingwood, it's pretty obvious to everyone. I'm a Collingwood fan, as I said, and it's pretty obvious that we're going through a bit of a rebuild. So. Mm. Not really sure why we're rebuilding uh, and taking out two blokes that have played a combined five games, I think, between them, or four, either four or five games between them, and mm. replacing them uh, with, yeah, I, I mean, still side mom is always going to come in the side. Absolutely. Brown, I mean, he, he's a youngish player as well, right? He's only 22. Um, but, yeah, I just probably would like to see a few more young guys get a go, and I'm not really sort of... I don't really like bagging players, but I think you know what you're going to get out of guys like Josh Thomas and Will Hoskin Elliott. Whereas with guys like uh, Henry and, and Rusko, you might not know what you'll get. You might get a bit of an improvement. You might some weeks you might get something a little bit better. Some weeks you might get a little bit less. But I think you know if you don't try these blokes, or even guys like uh, Finlay McRae as well, if you don't try these blokes out in in uh, in games for, for good chunks of time, um, you're not really going to get any results out of them. You're not going to know if you're going to get any better. Uh, so I think that that's sort of my main concern. And I think, you know, even even Darcy Cameron, just give him yep. some games. And, uh, you know, we, we clearly lack a key forward. So Fox Ro- and Cameron down there most of the time would probably help. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Ross. And, and especially, and I think you'd have an ally in saying that with Luke Beveridge and uh, David Teague today, who if you're going to, if Ollie Henry's going to be a, a key forward, um, he's not going to get the K's in his legs playing VFL that he is in AFL, given the new rules there, the anti-density. But thanks so much for your call. Really appreciate it. one 736 Mark, Sam, Grant, Mark, Greg, please all stay right there. We'll get to your calls on the other side of this. Welcome back to Time On. one 736 736 The Swans Academy, the assistant coaches or the soft cap cost of living, it's got 
people very fired up, and I'm enjoying it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jack, it's Sam, but that's okay. You have a completely closed mind on this subject. That's what they mean by over-opinionated. You simply dismiss and ignore sensible arguments, and then replace and then rejoice with supporting comments. Poor radio. It's okay if we don't agree. It's okay. We don't all have to agree. Uh, the caller came through before, and we didn't. Um, it was Lindsay who called through before. He had some points. I had some points, and we both left not agreeing with each other, but we'd heard each other out. And it's okay. We don't all have to agree. Just because you agree with him doesn't mean that I have to change my opinion. That's what this is all about. We can have healthy and vibrant debate about sport. It's 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 all okay. And as for you know reading out supportive messages uh, after that, I don't think that's the case. Like this one, uh, your opinion is spot on. Can't believe the carry on. We win a game. It's making me sick. We had 12 rookies in our premiership side in 2012. Please read this out. There you go. Um, you made perfect sense to me. The fact that the Swans are full of New South Welshmen is the point. It's working. Every side has down years. Those years strip a club bare when nine or ten months of your list comes from another state. Academies address that. Alex from Richmond and Brisbane will attest to that. Look at how many players went home uh, before they got their act into gear. Um, that's what these academies are for, developing homegrown talent and getting them to stay uh, in the state. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Grants in Viewbank. Hey, Sam. Hello, hey, uh, I've been These haters, they're coming out everywhere with the Swans Academy, and this has only happened now because they've started to win. A lot of people don't understand. The Swans been a... And the, all the northern states, they spent a hell of a lot of money on these academies, identifying kids that probably would be lost to AFL football, which is better for the competition. Every club gets a go at them. And now that they're winning, they're complaining. I don't. I didn't hear anyone whinging about the Bulldogs getting a number one draft pick from a kid who was in a football state. He was never going to play anything else but football. And the, the guy who was complaining about the Madden players to their list after they won a flag, well, Totten Lynch went to Richmond on a million bucks after they won a flag. So where were the haters then? No, I didn't, didn't hear them as vocal as, as probably what I'm hearing them now about this. And, and as I said, if, if it was 50 or so players, I mean, if the whole Sydney Swans team was all academy players and, and it was giving them a clear, distinct advantage and they were winning premiership after premiership, then I, I guess maybe there'd be an issue. But that's not the case. They haven't. The, the last premiership was in 2012. Uh, the academy's really helped them out since then and, and got them some really good talent. And yet, um, Blakey, yes, he would have found AFL because his dad played. There's a few texts coming through on that. I'm, yes, he would have found AFL. But Errol Goulden came on this station and said he wouldn't. He would have chosen soccer. His dad went, rang and backed that up a little later and said, no, nah, if it wasn't for the Swans Academy, this bloke who kicked three goals on debut would have gone and played soccer with his brothers. So to me, it's a success. These, these things are working. And it's not their whole teams that are made up of academy players. And it's not as if their academy players are winning a Brownlow medal every year or winning a Norm Smith every year. So no one's really at a disadvantage from, from what I can see. 100%. And, you know, the state, the go-home factor, if they've got local kids from the New South Wales, there's less chance they'll go home, and it means they can retain their players better. I agree. I agree with you, Grant. Thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate it. Uh, Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Hey, Jack. How you going, mate? Uh, it's Sam here, but that's all right, Mark. Sam, appreciate sorry, dude. That's all right, mate. Sorry. I won't get offended sorry. by that at all. Oh, sorry, mate, got you mixed up. But, hey, you're going to need your shields up tonight. You're copping a few hits. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's good fun. It's it's good when it's spirited. It's good when it's up and about. And we don't all have to agree. It's okay not to agree. That's correct. It's, it's, it's healthy debating. And, you know, this is what we get with the type of society that we enjoy. We should be able to debate healthily without trying to punch the hell out of each other. So, mate, I'm going to throw another variable up. 
I'm normally the ultimate skeptic. You probably know that. But with the rent thing with Sydney and so on, I think they might have a case. Hear me out. With the property property price boom going through the roof, when property prices go up, rent goes up. But there's another variable that wasn't around before that I think might be driving rent prices right up, especially in places like Sydney. And that's the expat people flooding back to Australia from overseas because of COVID. There's probably a hundred, I don't know, at least a hundred thousand of them have returned back here to live. They need somewhere to live. So they're taking up rental properties that previously were available. Now, all of a sudden, there's a shortage of properties because of all these expats coming back. So, and when you actually think about it, how many do you reckon have gone to Sydney? 30,000? 20? Well, then all these 20,000 need somewhere to live. So you've got to find 20,000 fresh places or maybe, say, 15,000 new places. Well, once they all get into the market, mate, there's no properties left. So what happens? The prices go through the roof. They might, I wouldn't be surprised if they're making a genuine case here. I wouldn't. And um, it, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go along and they have an app, you know, they look at 12 months ago rent prices compared to now, that there's been a significant jump. It would not surprise me if it jumped 20, 25% in 12 months. Mark, I appreciate the call, mate. Thank you very much. And I reckon that would be right in the thinking as well, mate. We'll speak to you again very soon. Uh, Mark's in Packenham. Another Mark in Packenham. Hello, mate. Hello. Hello. Yeah, how you going, buddy? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm just ringing up to give my opinion on um, this Swans Academy. You're on the air, my friend. Fire away. Yeah, well, oh, first I'll let you know, I'm a one-eyed dinky-dye Collingwood supporter. But, um, yeah, my opinion on it is um, I think it's great. As long as we can develop kids and get kids through the system, why not? I'm hearing all these people complain about it and everything like that, and it's unfair. I really don't think it's unfair. Like I said, it's all about developing the kids and getting as much kids through the system as possible. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I want, and I'm, you know, and even as a kid, I was really excited when, and I know for some people it's just, and, and it's ne- they just don't want there to be, they'd still want Victoria to be the, the nucleus of the AFL. And trust me, it still is. But, you know, 60% of the kids that get drafted, get drafted from Victoria. But I was always so excited as a kid when new teams would come in. I remember when, you know, the, the Swans, the Bears, the Eagles, and then when Adelaide came in and Port Adelaide and Frio, and, and, and I want this game to be the biggest game in Australia, not just Victoria, but the biggest game in Australia. And this is how we have wins. This is how you get wins in non-traditional footy states. You, you've got to work a bit harder. You've got to give a little bit more. You've, you've got to, you know, dig a little bit deeper. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's just like I said, I've been listening on the radio all morning and all afternoon and just hearing all the negativity about it. And it's just frustrating listening to that. Like I said, I'm a one-eyed Collingwood supporter, but I'm all for it. Yeah, as long I, I, as those kids getting their way through and we're, like, I heard some of the ones from this morning that would have been lost to football if they didn't come through that system. Yeah, uh, to me, the more people playing our great game, the, the better off it is. I, I, yeah, I just absolutely. don't see how that's a bad thing. Finding more people yeah. to play the greatest game in the world, I don't know how that's a bad thing. And I and I seriously, I mean, there might be one or two examples that people might be able to come up with where they don't think. And Blakey's being thrown up a lot. And I'll have to dig a little bit deeper into that uh, to get my head around it uh, 100%.
in, to see if there is any truth to some of the things that are being thrown up here. But by and large, there's not Victorian clubs aren't being disadvantaged by Brisbane and Sydney having academies. They're just not. Not at all. No, absolutely not. Yep. So yeah, that's all. I was just ringing up to give my opinion on it. <laughs> uh, there's there's always there's always a pulpit here for you. There's always a soapbox here for Mark, for you, and for anybody. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. It's certainly got the phone lines humming this evening. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you'd like to have your say on that or anything else that's making news throughout the day, please do. Uh, on a serious note, please don't forget that round two Spuds game. Time to talk. Uh, help fund vital mental health community programs by donating at movember.com forward slash spud. The Saints v Melbourne game uh, this weekend. Um, McDonald's will donate $200 for every spoil. McDonald's golden fist to supporting mental health programs out of the Danny Frawley Centre and Movember's youth mental health program. Details and donations can be made www.saints.com. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, plenty of text still coming through, especially about the Swans and Brisbane Lions academies. This has come through from Paul from Mount Evelyn. The reality is 99.9% of academy players never play AFL, so to have five or six players over a five-year period is not a significant advantage. And let's not forget Nick Blakey nominated to play for the Swans. He could have gone to North Melbourne or Brisbane Lions. Please don't change your approach because people who don't know what they're talking about text you and complain. Uh, sorry, I didn't actually know that last bit was on there. I shouldn't have read that last part. But the middle of that is what I should have read. Um, and there's an interesting point to this too coming through off the text. Why debate this now? Access to these players is being increased yearly. In two years' time, there won't be rights to these players. From this year, teams can only match bids from pick 21 onwards, while from 2022 onwards, it'll be from pick 41, meaning the very best players won't go uh, as cheaply. Um that's where we're going to get to with this. Um, so if the, if they want to keep these players, they, they're going to have to um, take them when they can. Uh, and other teams, as I said, have access to academy players. And I'll just read you some of the names. In the last 10 years, a number of players have graduated. This is from the Swans website, from the Swans Academy to Sydney Swans Senior List. Sam Naismith, Isaac Heaney, Callum Mills, Jordan Foote, Abe Davis, Jack Hiscox, Daniel Robinson, Jake Brown, James Bell, Sam Wicks, Nick Blakey. Uh, and, of course, uh, Errol Goulden and Braden Campbell this year. So of those, I would say two names are household. Isaac Heaney and Callum Mills. Ben Davis is on an Adelaide Crows list. For Brisbane, Harris Andrews, Archie Smith, Connor Ballenden, Keaton Coleman, um, and then there's a heap of the women that have come through the academy. Tom Fullerton uh, went to the NBL and then came back. Um, there's other players on other lists from the Brisbane Lions Academy, um, uh, such as uh, Marby Orchol, who's on uh, who's on Richmond's list. Um, Elliot Himmelberg went to Adelaide. Will Martin's at Richmond. Noah Cumberland for Richmond. Uh, Samson Ryan went. So Richmond have had a great run uh, with the Brisbane Lions Academy. They're not going to have any dramas with it at all. Wiley Buzzer went to Geelong. Corey Wagner went to North Melbourne. So, uh, again, Harris Andrews is an All-Australian, and that's it from the Lions Academy. So... <laughs> We've got to keep some perspective about this. Uh, Gersell is calling from Melton. Hello, mate. Yeah, g'day. Yeah, I'm just ringing about the young kid, Errol Gulden. He's a, sounds like, I don't know much about him, but obviously Sydney Academy. Yep. Sounds like he's got a Turkish background, his heritage is. Yep. And it's great that Sydney picked him out because there ain't many Turkish, young Turkish heritage kids playing Australian rules football. So that's great for the game. Absolutely. There's a lot of wins 
with a bloke like Errol Goulden, isn't there, from a whole range of perspectives, and you've just raised another good one, Gersell. Um, would I be right in assuming that you've got Turkish background? Well, myself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I do, and I've loved footy. I've, you know, I've followed the doggies for over 30 years, you know, ever since kids. And, yeah, it's great, you know, that they're, they're bringing these kids through, so I don't know what people are complaining about. Uh, look, it's always been lost on me as well. I don't think there's any conspiracy to it. I don't think there's any disadvantage to it. I think it only brings good things to football. By and large, for the most part, it's it's really brought people and, and kept people into the game that may have gone elsewhere if it wasn't for the academies. And we've got first-hand accounts of that. Um, I, I just... Yeah, I, I struggle to see what the problem is, but I'm happy yeah. for people to ring up and, and tell me. Uh, Gisele, thanks so much. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Uh, Sporting Capital's up next. Uh, 0433981116. Temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. Time on's Furphy. Unbelievable moment. Introducing Furphy Crisp Lager. Easy drinking. Full strength. Unbelievable. I'm going to give it to Errol Goulden. Nab rising star. Just to rub a little bit more. Uh, just to ruffle a few feathers. Uh, he gets the Furphy unbelievable moment for this week. Sporting Capital next. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.